John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. It is my joy to welcome you to this time. Greetings from Calvary Baptist Church of the Ghana Baptist Convention. I trust you are well. By his grace, you are well. Have you wondered why you are among the living? I know one thing for sure. It is because God has a plan for your life. He has not finished with you yet. This is another day, another month, another opportunity for you to reconnect with your Lord as we hear his word. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you. We know you are the good shepherd. Bless your word, its reading and application to our hearts, that we may be edified and encouraged to live for you. As is in Jesus' name. Amen. For the next several weeks, we'll be looking at the parables of Jesus. What is a parable? Somebody defined parable as a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. Heavenly story with an earthly meaning. But another person also defined it like this, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The things are around earth, but then the application is about things that you do not know about heaven. So whichever way it is, it represents something bigger than itself. Jesus used a lot of parables, like the Palestinians of his days, the people of the East, or even in our own Ghanaian traditions and customs. We use a lot of parables, wise sayings. And people say this so that you can think about what they are saying and draw a conclusion. And Jesus was like that. Parables are picture languages, something that you can picture and get it. But if you don't want to think about it, you will not get it. And sometimes when you don't think about it well, you may even get offended. So let's take what happened. Today we'll be looking at Jesus' parable about the good shepherd. It's taken from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 8. John 10, 1 to 8. I won't read it now. I'll just refer to it as we go. But the anchor verse is from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. Isaiah 53, 6. If you know anything about the Bible, Isaiah chapter 53 was a message that God gave to Isaiah about the people around his time and how prophetically God will give us a savior. And that savior will go through a lot of things which people will think is a punishment that was given to the savior. But in Isaiah 53, 6, we read, we all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. We all went astray like sheep. Yes, Isaiah saying we all went astray like sheep. Oh, the Israelites who were in exile can immediately understand that they are like sheep. If even they didn't think that they were sheep. Having been captured and taken into exile, you feel like sheep. Friend, let me ask you. Have you been watching TV or movies? Have you ever seen a refugee? Have you seen them? How they feel so miserable. They are away from their home. They are away from their friends. Some of them were big men and big women, but because of war and all of that, they've been thrown out of their homes. 
and they are carrying their whole life investment in a suitcase or in a car. Refugees. And excuse me to say, sometimes they behave like sheep. They don't know where they are going, where their next food is coming from. People ask them to stand here, they stand there, sit here, they sit here. They are thoroughly confused because they've been taken out of their comfort zone. So when Isaiah said, all of us have gone astray, when he was telling his people in his day, they understood it. They understood what he was talking about. Then he said, ah, and the Lord punished him for the iniquity of us all. What, what, what is he talking about? The Lord punished who? For what? Oh, Isaiah is trying to tell us something. The people who were being foolish like sheep were behaving like that, were confused like that because they had sinned and they had been punished. But somehow, Isaiah is saying, the Lord put his punishment on somebody. Who is that somebody? The identity of that person, that somebody who carried the burden, who act as a bridge between God and human beings, who reconcile them, who make them stop being a refugee or stop being refugees, had always occupied the Jews. Amazing. So they were always looking forward to the coming of that Messiah in their exile, under Roman territory, under Greek territory, under all the territories that they were under. We're looking for that person to come. Then Jesus comes on the scene. He comes on the scene and John the Baptist introduces him. <laughs> Behold, this is the lamp that carries away the sins of the whole world. Well, uh, those who are listening, listen and say, what, 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 what is the meaning of what he's talking about? Some would have connected it immediately. Is this the Savior? Because some of them were Bible students, so they can go back to Isaiah's school and say, all oh, we like sheep have gone astray. So here's the lamp who took away the sins of the world. Oh, he was talking about some sacrificial lamp. But how is that going to happen? Well, that was John saying it about Jesus. But then you come to John's gospel again and read some of the things that Jesus said. In John chapter 10, verse 1, I read 1, 2, and 3. I assure you, Anyone who doesn't enter the ship pen by the door but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the ship. The doorkeeper opens it for him and the ship hears his voice. He calls his own by name and he leads them. When he has brought all outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize him. They will never follow a stranger because they don't recognize him. Jesus, in one of his teachings, begins to talk about a shepherd and what the shepherd does. And the way he spoke about it was so interesting. He spoke about what the shepherd does. If you look at verse 1, he is saying clearly that the shepherd, I show you, anyone who doesn't enter the ship pen by the door, but climbs some other way, is a thief and a robber. Oh, they would understand it. The Jews will have a ship pen, like a small hut, and then they'll keep the ship in. In order for the shepherd to be sure that the ship, you see, ship was like owning a bank or having an investment. You sell ship, 
you get money to buy other things. Or you do butter. You give sheep to somebody, you collect their goat, you collect their milk, you collect something. Those were days before people had money. So if you want something, it is what you have that you give for people to give you something else. So they guided their sheep very well. Jesus is saying, this shepherd, he keeps his sheep very well. But I want you to know that if anybody jumps the wall and comes into the sheep pen, that person is a thief. So there are thieves around who have tried to capture your heart. But look, I want you to know something. So he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. They will come into the door and you know that this is the shepherd. So he's comparing himself to many others who have come, who have done things to show that they are the messiahs because every generation has had its people who have come promising that they are the pastors, they are the apostles, they are the messiahs. And particularly for a religious community like this, that was suffering and looking for the Messiah. So many people will come and say they are the Messiah and they were looking for them. They said the strangers will not follow that shepherd because they don't know his voice. And he goes on and on to tell them what they should be looking out for. But then after giving all this introduction about those who have come and shepherds and sheep have not followed them because they don't know the sheep voice, then he says categorically, in verse 7. So Jesus said again, I assure you, I am the door of the sheep. I am. Verse 8, he says, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. Oh, so here is Jesus, the Son of God, the wonder-working man who does all kinds of miracles, the Son of Joseph, the Son of David. He's not only describing what a good shepherd looks like, how people did not follow, but now he's putting his hand on his chest and saying, I am, I am the good shepherd. If you are a student of the Bible, in John's gospel, Jesus said it eight times, I am, I am, I am, I am. That I am, again, if you are a Bible student, you will know that it is a title or a name that God gave to himself. That's how God introduced himself to Moses. Who are you? When I go and Pharaoh asks me, who are you? Who sent you? Tell him, I am. I am sent me. What type of meaning is that? It's a heavy name. I am. I was. I am. And I'll always be. So Jesus is saying, nobody apart from me can save you. There were some who came before me. They were robbers. There were some who came before me. They were only pretending. There were some who came before me. They had good ideas. Yes, men have always had good ideas. Self-help projects about what you can do to help God to get to heaven. Some have taught philosophies. Some have taught ways of chanting. You can chant and get yourself lost. Some have taught a way of charity. You can do charitable things. You can sit under a tree and meditate with your hand. They've taught all kinds of things that have humbled people. Some have starved themselves to death because prayer and fasting to a God they do not know. And they've got people to follow them. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Even in the Jewish religion itself, 
because he was a Jew, let's say this, Moses came. He tried to lead the people according to the will of God. But Moses himself could not even get to the promised land because the people made him so angry. They made him so angry. Now, at some point he said, Lord, just kill me, kill me, kill me. I want to die. Elijah, just, Lord, kill me. The people were just difficult, difficult, difficult. So all of these people, none of them came saying that they are the good shepherd and they are going to deliver the people, except Jesus. So he knew all these traditions. He knew all these people, all these big names. They knew them. He had learned about these people. As some would say, either he was telling the truth or just a mere braggart, just boasting. He said, no. All who came before me, they tried, but they were not the savior. But I have come. I have come, and he offers you something. If you see what he's telling you here in verse 9, those who came will be saved. And those who come to me and mention my name and ask me for forgiveness, they are the ones who will be saved. So here he's making some bold, bold, bold demand to the sheep. If you ever saw a video that was running some time ago, uh, or even if, 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 even if it's not a video, if you don't remember that video. In that video, there was a man who saw a shepherd calling his sheep, making some funny noise, and the sheep came. So when the man left, this other man also went to stand there calling the sheep. He made all the noise that he, he knew he could make. The sheep did not respond. Do you have a dog? Do you have a pet? Do you have a cat? Do you have... He, look, what I'm saying is that there are times when people can even hear your footstep. And know this is Abna, this is Kojo, this is Kofi. They know your footstep. So when somebody is mimicking you, they will not follow. Jesus is saying, look, I am such that when I'm talking to you, there should be something inside you confirming that I am the one. And if you accept me as the one, as your Lord and Savior, my blood, Will cleanse you. So if you are my sheep and you are connected to me and you receive me as your Lord and Savior, I would forgive you. Jesus is turning the thing around. You know, when he, about, when he talks about sheep, it is only a comparison. Human beings are not animals. We are not sheep and good. We are made in the image of God. We can behave foolishly, make bad choices. But we have a brain, we have a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. So it is possible for God to touch you. It is possible for you to hear that voice of God telling you, my son, my daughter, you are walking dangerously. You are living in sin, adultery, fornication. You are engaging this LBGTQ. You are going the wrong way. You are not having time to pray. You are not having time to go to church. You are not having fellowship. You are taking too much of people's money. Watch it. Hell is waiting for you. The Spirit of God can break through all those barriers and speak to you in such a way that, you know, God is speaking to me. Sometimes I find people, they wake up and they are afraid. I had a bad dream and they're throwing me to you. Can you, you go to a prophet to pray for you. You go to somebody to go and get anointing oil. Ask God, what are you telling me? My sheep hear my voice. And Jesus said, if you hear my voice like that and you turn to me, say, Lord, forgive me. I'm willing and I'm able to forgive you. Because he is the lamb. He is the sheep. That takes away the sins of the whole world. He said it himself 
in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, if you see yourself as a sheep because you are lost, or you can hear his voice and it's echoing and telling you something, do you know what you ought to do? 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Again, we must look at the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when people think or they know that they have sinned, they had a ritual that they performed. God defined it. The priest executed it. And the sinner obeyed. When I have sinned against God and I want forgiveness from God, I take an animal, a lamb, or a pigeon, and I go and say, Lord, I am sorry. I am sorry. Please forgive me. The animal is slaughtered. The blood is poured. What you are saying is that my sacrifice of that animal, it is my life. Because as I said earlier, you, you, the sheep is yours. It is your investment. Maybe that sheep is worth 1,000 cities or 2,000 cities, 5,000 cities. And suddenly you go and slaughter it. That I am, it is my sacrifice to God because I should be the one dying. I should be the one paying, but the animal is paying for me. And depending on your sincerity, God will forgive you. Or it came to a point in time when even what the Jews were doing, they were only doing it lackadaisically. Even the priest took it for granted. Even some of the priests and their children were abusing it. So those animal sacrifices were not effective. But look at what Jesus said. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. And I'll come back to that again. But he, John tells us clearly, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So his blood is not like any other blood. It's not like the blood of the bull or the goat or the pigeon that was sacrificed. His blood was a different blood. The blood that speaks louder and clearer than anybody can ever think about. Let me read to you John chapter 10, verse 10 and 11 to see the personality of Jesus. The one I'm introducing to you, the one who says I'm the good shepherd. He says, a thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Hallelujah. I like those verses. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it full and have it in abundance. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to give us life. What is life? Life is a gift from God. And you see, we measure life in terms of how long we live. Five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Oh, but is that life? No, that is only the time we are permitted to stay in this world. But we are actually supposed to live forever. And that life forever is either spent in heaven or in hell. It's either spent with your maker or away from your maker. And Jesus said, I have come. And I've come to you to make life enjoyable for you. Enjoyable not in the sense that you go to parties and entertainment and having fun. Oh, 
so that that is included in fellowship. But that you know that your life has meaning. Your life has a purpose. Your life has a destiny. Your life has a duration. And you begin to enjoy your life because you are living it purposefully. He came that you may have a meaningful and enjoyable life. Then he said, I am the good shepherd. I am giving my life for your life. Hallelujah. This is unthinkable. As we saw earlier on, the sheep or the animals are killed for the owner. But here is Jesus comparing himself to a sheep. I am going to die for you. I'm not sure the apostles understood it. But Isaiah had said it earlier, 500 years, 600 years before Jesus was born, that all we have gone astray and the iniquity of us all was laid upon him. So here he is telling us that I am the fulfillment of that prophecy long ago. I am the good shepherd that Isaiah was talking to you about. If you don't get it, get it now. When we see the way Jesus was killed or the way he died, it's amazing. It's amazing how he died. You know he died on the cross. And dying on the cross, as you said, as we have learned so many times, it's a very cruel way of dying. And the reason why the Jews couldn't do it is because they were under the Roman government. And Romans would not allow these people to kill anybody. It is the Romans who did it, who did the crucifixion. And they will crucify somebody who had committed a very serious crime. A crime that was so bad that they did not want anybody to commit that crime. So they crucified you publicly. You carried your cross to a certain place on a hill called Calvary or Golgotha. Then they state clearly what your crime is. And they nail you there. And they will nail you there because you, you stay there for a very long time for people to know what is wrong with you. It brings my mind back to Ghana. Sometimes I've seen a traffic jam on our motorway or by the side of a road. And you go there, what's happening? There's an accident. A policeman has arrested somebody. And people are just standing there and they are just watching. That's all that the traffic jam is about. They're just watching and watching who is in an accident so that they even forget to help the person, so that they are only interested in taking a video, I was there, I did this. May we stop and have a heart of compassion instead of just watching? Well, let me go back to my story. In Jesus' case, when the people are hung on Calvary's cross, you can only look at them, you can't do anything about it. Because the Roman soldiers are there, armed to the thief. The thief is on the cross, you cannot bring him down. And they may be there for two days, three days, four days, five days before they die. A very difficult, a very, a very difficult way of dying. So that nobody would do it again. Nobody. <laughs> so they crucified Jesus like that. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. That was his crime. He said he was the King of the Jews. Competing with Julius Caesar, the Caesar. That's why they killed him. A lie. But he took it. And he was there. So, if you read the narration, get into the evening, they came and were trying to kill him. He had said earlier, nobody, nobody can take my life away. I lay down my life willingly. So when the time came, they were crucifying him. They saw that the man was already dead. 
And they were surprised. They broke the leg of the first thief. They broke the leg of the second thief. And when they came to him, he was dead. And they wonder, why? How could he die like that? How can a strong man, 33-year-old man, die like that? He has said it earlier. That I laid down my life and nobody can take it away from me. Hallelujah. He's the sheep. You see? Verse 15, John 10, 15. As the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Praise the Lord. I lay down my life for the sheep. Friends, is it easy for you to sacrifice for your country? Is it easy for you to sacrifice for your wife and children? Is it difficult for you to sacrifice for a thief? They may say, build that person. But are you able to sacrifice and guarantee that this person will not sin again? I, I, you are saying no. But can you imagine that you, Jesus, sacrificed his life for you, that you may go to heaven? That's what he did for you. And it is ours for the asking. But I want to tell you something as we head towards the end of this. So he came as a shepherd that Isaiah spoke about, that we've gone astray. And when you go astray, what happens to you? When sheep go astray, what happens to them? I was looking at a film recently, and it was so pathetic that the water had washed off a certain bridge where the animals pass. When they are from one village, they are going to another village. They pass a certain bridge. And the bridge had been washed away by the flood. Unfortunately, it looks like the shepherd himself had been washed away. So when these animals got there, they just rushed, knowing that they are headed east. They just rushed. And lo and behold, they all plunged into the deep end of this rushing river. And the river took them away, and they all perished because there was no shepherd to guide them. Friends, if nobody is there to guide you, particularly spiritual matters, you'll be doomed like this sheep. And that's what Jesus does not want to happen to you. And that's what Jesus does not want to happen to other people who have been created in his image. So he tells you, when I have saved you, when I have saved you, when you have come to me, I give you a charge. And that charge is in John chapter 10, verse 16. But I have other sheep that are not in this fold. I must bring them also in, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. Hallelujah. There are about billions of people more who need to come to Christ. They may be going by different labels now. They call us, I'm, on, uh, on, I'm an unbeliever. I don't care about God. I don't do this and that. But can you pray that the good shepherd who spoke to you and you understood will also speak to somebody that you understand? And that person is waiting for you prayerfully to just drop a word. I mean, just say, God loves you. Can we go to church? What? I'm praying for you. God loves you. He has a dream. He comes to you. He has a need. He comes to you. Can you introduce him? Can you tell your own testimony to that person that they will come? And the good shepherd who has ways of multiplying his own word that you have given to somebody would know how to multiply that and let the person come to him. So he's a good shepherd who has rescued you. But his word is still sure that because he died for the world, he has called you that you will be his ambassador to bring the rest to himself. 
So the parable is this. I'm the good shepherd. I've given you my life. Have you experienced it? Can you also go in my name and bring others to me? Let this be the task that brings you closer to the Lord. Let this be part of your purpose for living. And God, who is a good shepherd, will make you a great under-shepherd to fulfill his command, his law, and his desire for your life. The king is coming soon. Let him use you as a good under-shepherd. Shalom and stay blessed. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyo Filling Station. Our Amasamain campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamain Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.